But we're all about transparency. We're all about getting better. And to do that, you have to have feedback. Welcome, closers. Today, we have another episode of the Profitable Property Management Podcast coming at you. This is season two on sales. I'm your host, Jordan Moyla, and every week I interview world-class property management entrepreneurs and industry experts who share actual insights to help you grow your property management empire. So whether you manage a hundred or a thousand units, this broadcast is designed to help you see the big picture and give you the tools and tactics that you need to get to the next level. I don't throw darts at a board. I bet on sure things. Reach Sun Tzu, the art of war. Every battle is won before it's ever fought. Think about it. Jordan, welcome to the Property Management Show. We are live on the Profitable Property Management Podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> Let the podcasts collide. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got an interesting show for you. I have a guest and I am a, at the same time a guest at uh, Jordan Mueller's podcast called The Profitable Property Management. And of course, you are listening on The Property Management Show. Look, we just came back from a three-day conference we called the PM Growth Summit that Jordan and I spent the last eight months of our lives planning, working hard to put together and sort of putting a lot of our personal lives as well as our core businesses on a sort of second place while we focused on putting together the event. Jordan, how does it feel? few days, we had some time to decompress a bit. What do you feel? Man, it is always good when it is done. So much work going into it, but always just such a kind of a rush to be there. And then the come down is is sweet. But you know what, Alex, if, if we're being honest, it doesn't take long for us to be thinking about next year's event. So turnaround's pretty quick. Turnaround's pretty quick. And so we'll we'll talk about potential location and timing of the event. But let's break this down for the audience. People who have attended, thank you kindly from the bottom of the heart. Really appreciate you taking part in taking leadership in this industry and taking it to an absolutely new height. Um, those who have not attended, you might be interested in some of the stats to follow. And what we'll do is we'll break down the event in terms of who attended why they attended, what they thought of the event, what are some negative comments, what are some positive comments, and we're going to address a couple elephants in the room as well. Right on. Let's do it. All right. Let's, let's get to the stats. So we had 113 people respond to our survey out of 300 attendees. The 7% of all people who attended manage from zero to 100 properties. Wow. So there's, there's a slice of those who are just starting out but really looking forward and pushing. I have a lot of respect for those people. So the disproportionate number of bodies in the industry, right, that's that long tail, had the minority representation at this event. That's a pretty stark contrast. Yeah, if I had to put a bet on them versus the rest, I would say the guys and gals who attended, who took the risk on this conference and attended, will walk away big winners over the years. The next level was 100 units to 100 to 250. Uh, that's 17%. Is that surprising to you? No, not really. 
Yeah, that's about right. Now, 250 to 500, the, this is where the business is, what, seven to eight, nine people. It's beginning to sort of, it's about two million revenue, potentially up to two mil. That is becoming a serious business, and these people need a lot of sort of a guidance. I mean, I do a lot of guidance on uh, restructuring and investing their resources in the best possible way. That's the majority of our attendees, 36.6%. Mm-hmm. All right. What about, the, what about the upper end? What about the big dogs? The big dogs, 500 to 1,000, 21%. This is surprising to me. This is more than last year. Over 1,000 units under management, we had 17.9% of audience at that level. Interesting. It's not a numbers game, right? This is just giving people context for the demographics. You know, There's no good, bad here. But it's interesting to note that the folks that are coming here and dropping some significant cash and time on this event, it, it tends to be folks that have some traction already. And some really bright and you know, growth-minded up-and-comers. You know, if we look at the NPS score, net promoter score, and I know there's some talk in the industry about this. Oh, and by the way, let's go back to the units. I, I think really quickly, uh, we can extrapolate the number of units under management represented in our conference, the PM Growth Summit. I'm not going to sort of do the math on the fly here, but if we had more than a third respond, we can extrapolate what the unit count is. And I think the number of units represented at this conference is among the highest in the industry, if not the highest. What do you think? Yeah, that may be the case. I mean, broker owner obviously pulls down more attendees, but I would guess that PM Grow probably does skew towards having a higher over average unit count per attendee. Likely so. Okay. And then so uh, go to NPS score. We got an NPS score of 37. And what that means is most people really loved it. So there were promoters. Uh, so we had about 61 people so far say that they love it. Absolutely love it. We had most people in the seven and eight category who were sort of like they loved it, but they suggested some changes, which we're going to talk about today. And I think we'll implement them, those changes to make these people continue to be interested in attending the event. And there were some people who didn't like it. And we're going to dig in into why. Do you have a, a sense of what NPS score of 37 represents, Jordan? Not really, if I'm if I'm being honest. I, mean, I looked it up. I, I didn't either, right? So I had to look it up. A score 31 to 50. Here's the definition. This is where most companies tend to lie. A company at this range places value on a quality customer experience and are generally delivering it. So we got to go away from general to definitive. And I think that's why we need to address some of the feedback that we got. And that's what we're all about. That's the point of doing podcasts, the point of asking for, for feedback, et cetera. So let, let's dig into to some of that. Let's, let's talk about the why, man. Let's just, let's just frame the entire point of all of this time and energy. Alex, why do we even bother to put on an event like this? You know, that, that's a really good question. I think the why statement is important. That, and I sort of delivered part of it on stage with my own talk. But in, in very short, and, and to get people who were not there exposed to the reason why are two vendors putting together the leading conference in the property management space? Besides the commercial reasons, which are obvious, right? Both you and I run businesses, right? We're entrepreneurs. We have our commercial interests, right? Those are obvious, but what else? Why? You know, there are other ways to get to our audiences than putting up a conference. Cheaper, easier ways. Alex, I mean, if, we, if we're honest about this, the commercial reasons don't come anywhere near close to cutting it. If, if you're talking about effort in and results out in a 12-month window, 
This is not a good idea. So folks, if you're thinking about putting on a national summit for landlords to grow your business, probably not a great idea unless you happen to have like a 10 to 20 year timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a long game. But at the end of the day, to me, what motivates me, Jordan, is is a simple truth. And that is 75% of properties, 75% of your customers or your prospective customers, dear listeners, do not use property management services. You know why? Because they don't trust property management service. There's this big chasm that exists. Why? Because property management was dusty for years and they have lost the trust or the industry have lost the trust of their consumer. And so while 35% of us, of everyone here are competing in the bloody waters, right? Well, in fact, all of us are competing in this 35 percentile where investors hire professional property managers and only minority of them do. And then we all compete for their business, right? Well, at the end of the day, the only way we can reach the blue ocean and expand this industry, triple the size of its industry, if we improve as a collective, right? As a group, you know, take leadership on this. I've always been talking about the three pillars of success, right? And so for your property management company, the three pillars are the same. They're knowing your numbers, create the culture of experimentation and enable that in your company. And align your team behind a purpose. If you're able to achieve those three things, your business will grow, flourish, and thrive, and you'll gain all the trust. Now, the purpose here at four and a half for me is to get you to that abundance, right? So my business, the one partner platform we built, and all the data that is being collected on a pre-sale site, and it's sucked from Lead Simple, it's sucked from Google Analytics. My whole aim is to give you ability to make smart experimentation based on data, right? And so that that helps you with that and drive the continuous improvement. Now, knowing your numbers, as I said, that's Jordan's business, right? The new business. What do you call this? Profit coach? Profit coach. That's it, man. Yeah. So on the operational side, Jordan is kind of putting together this, this methodology and services to help you achieve the profitability and the service levels that, again, will gain the trust of your customers. I know it's a long why, but I'm getting there. And so we're solving specifically, we're kind of leaning in to knowing your numbers and smart experimentation, right? We want your business to employ those two key success definitions. And lastly, bring it back for me, bring it back to PM Growth Summit. This is about clarifying your purpose. You come there, you meet people, like-minded people who are successful, growing, and hungry to make their businesses be more meaningful, deliver better service, make more money at the end of the day. But I think so that last piece for me, it fits just snugly into the purpose element of the three key pillars. So know your numbers, culture of experimentation, check, check, and then the confidence really brings the purpose into what you do and the how. That is my why. Jordan, what do you got? All right. My why is way shorter. It's very simple. It's the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I am an entrepreneur. It's not a side op. It's not a novelty thing. In my bones, I'm an entrepreneur. I like being around entrepreneurs. I like talking, exchanging ideas. This was an opportunity for me, and I know for you as well, to build the conference that I would want to attend and to do right by our clients. Rather than having half-baked, unpaid speakers, low prices, low talent, 
I just felt like these people deserve to have a first-class event. Why not? Why shouldn't property management get world-class services, world-class speakers, and world-class events? I didn't see any reason that it wasn't possible. That was my why was making that happen. Now, let's dive into some of the feedback, some of the good and bad feedback. I'm going to kick it off positive. I'm going to kick it off talking about some of the, the good feedback that we got. And I'd like to first call our attention to the fact that People were happy with the fact that we made a financial investment in bringing in talent. Talent costs money. It ain't free. No such thing as a free lunch. We dropped some cash on some first-class speakers, and people really felt the love. They appreciated it. We brought back Marcus Sheridan. Now, some people said, hey, I've heard it before. you know. But honestly, people were like, hey, I've heard it before, but it was still great. Brought in Victor Antonio. He killed it. Paid money for some speakers that maybe didn't do as great. But overall, the thesis and the investment of really making a significant investment in, in hunting down top-tier talent and paying them well, that paid off. So that's one pro. But we're all about transparency. We're all about getting better. And to do that, you have to have feedback. So Alex, bring the hammer down, dude. Give me a point of contrasting feedback. Well, we had a valid sort of valid epiphany. I, I did and you did and we both did. We didn't bring the diversity True. of opinions and talents into this event. L- let me just take a very personal approach to this. And I'll say that I myself absolutely believe that there is actual success and actual nuggets of absolute wisdom to be gained from various backgrounds. Look at my company. I myself am an immigrant, right? I didn't speak English before I was 16 years old. So when I come here, people laugh at my accent. Nobody really takes me seriously. I really had to dig in, man. I had to dig in and nobody would discover me, right? Nobody would discover me. Nobody would give me a chance. I thought I could be a really, really good, but I had to start my own business and show it, right? And live it in order to get to a position of influence. Now that I earned a position of influence, I fully intend to not to get blindsided again. There's so much quiet, quiet killers in a good way, right? People who are killing in business, but they're quiet and they're not necessarily going to step out and beat their chest to speak or, or call themselves great on social media. They are just execute. They're executing at the highest level and they don't feel like they need to yell about it everywhere. We're going to put a framework together to be able to seek out these people and to be able to enable them to share their successes and inspire others, right? We're talking about minorities. We're talking about men, women. We're talking about across the spectrum. We need to do a better job identifying the real, real smart people and getting them up to speak. Love that, man, dude. Well said. So if the belief is there that diversity is not about political correctness, it's about actual value in a diversity of opinions, given that that is our belief, the work has to be there to actually cultivate that. And, you know, this was an opportunity of awareness of could have done a little bit more of that this year. We're going to be more intentional about doing the work to surface that variety of opinions. Love that. Let's go back to the upswing. One last piece on this. I have a 5,000 person audience. I don't know how big your audience. I think we cross. Uh, but 5,000 people a month tune in to watch, to listen to the show. You guys are listening. You know, you know, you know if you're smart. You know you figured something interesting out. Send us an email at team at pmgrowsummit.com. We want your success story. We want to share it. And guess what? We pay our speakers. We house our speakers. We feed our speakers. We celebrate our speakers. 
We're not going to come to ask you to speak for free and have you pay for your own travel. We're going to take care of you. But you in exchange are going to have to really put together a good story that you can share and everybody can learn from. So I encourage you, please, ladies, gentlemen, whoever's listening, email us at team at pmgrowsummit.com. And we're going to start the speaker selection this year pretty early. So we already had a couple of emails. Thank you for those who sent those. But uh, do not miss this opportunity. Jordan, go ahead. Bring the heat. We'll make it happen. Here's what people like this year. Focus. Focus of this year was similar to last year. We're focused on growth. Talk about operations a bit, where it's relevant, where it's interesting, where it makes sense. But in large part, there was no hour-long talk on service animals or plumbing issues or mock court. And there's value in all that. That's just not our bag. That's just not the focus of this event, and people really appreciated the follow-on focus on sales, marketing, growth, profitability. People ate that up, so we're, we're staying the course on that one, man. That's in our core DNA. We're staying the course on that. That's what we're doing. That's what this conference is for. Let me hit you with a negative one and see how we, what we can do. I'm going to read it out, okay? I'm not going to call any names, guys. Don't worry about it. Only providing – here's how it reads. Only providing tables to VIP. It really sucked not to be able to have a surface to write on besides your lap. Also, the speaker contact and all over conference was way better last year. So I'm not sure how to qualify that last piece, but the chairs, we'll fix that. Done. No, no, no more chairs. Done. Solved. Done. Done. Right. I agree. Yeah, we should have desks. It adds to the cost factor, but it detracts from experience if you're unable to take notes and sit and, and learn in comfort. So. That no, was a venue constraint this year. We, we went with a great venue that has slightly smaller ballroom. And so we, we went the theater style seating, but accommodated VIPs. You know, it'll get fixed going forward. Another thing that people loved, those that upgraded to VIP, we didn't have a ton of room for VIP this year. But for those that did it, they really enjoyed the VIP experience, spending time in a private room with speakers, having the AV piped in, the boat ride, the special access on, on the bar. Some people, there's always, and guys, this is just a general marketing one-on-one lesson. There's always going to be a subset of your audience that wants a premium experience and is willing to pay for it. And we, we catered to that this time. It worked out. That we're going to do again next year. So if you were thinking about going VIP this year and it's something you're thinking about next year, we're, we plan on continuing to deliver that experience. Absolutely. Okay. I want you to address this next negative one. There were some speakers that were not really good. I've heard that echoed throughout a few comments. What did you take? That is a tough one. You know, the QA required to really, really, really know if a given speaker is going to bring the heat or not is is intense. I feel the pressure to do even more work to QA every single speaker to the nth degree. And here's what I learned this year. There is not a single topic in which it is acceptable to deliver information on that topic and to be low energy. I don't care if you're talking about sales. I don't care if you're talking about finance. Low energy is unacceptable. And so functionally, the information needs to be relevant and useful, but the energy has to be there. And if somebody isn't willing and committed to delivering both, it's just not going to work. So got to vet harder next year. And, and we had highly pair who tanked in ratings. Yeah, one. We had one. So we had one speaker we paid top tier money to and he bombed and the information was was so-so and the energy was very low. You know, the other common complaint is 
I've seen this person before. They're on the speaking circuit. I've seen, I've heard him speak 20 times. That doesn't apply to everybody. You got some people like, uh, you know, let's put a name out there, Propst, Andy Propst. He has spoken a thousand times at NARPM events, but he continues to innovate and to reinvent himself. High energy. I mean, the man saying, PM Grow, PM Grow. I mean, that, that's going to be a theme, theme song next year. Who does this? Andy props, man. Props to you if you're listening. So if you're going to keep speaking on the circuit, you have to reinvent yourself. You can't just keep recycling the same. I think that's a really good point. People are sensitive to that. There's a lot of anxiety in the room of, man, I've heard this person speak before. They're going to just recycle the same content. But honestly, that does not apply to Andy necessarily unless somebody thinks otherwise. I, I have not heard him speak on how to actually go vertical in growth rather no, than. No, he, he delivered new content. You know? Yeah, that was new content to me. Hit me with a positive. All right. Uh, top tier networking. You know, and I'm just going to read a comment from one of our attendees in Atlanta. Here's what he liked. Focus on growth of business. Events were top notch. You didn't cheap out. You had an open bar. I like staying in one room for all the tracks. VIP differentiation was great. And I thought it was well worth the value of the extra money I paid. VIP lounge, seating, open bar for longer, all that. Now, here's some of what he didn't like. Having a speaker at the House of Blues probably was not a great choice since bars and intense focus on work don't really go together. We needed some more breaks. The biggest part of the value, and this is why I'm reading this, the biggest part of having these events is the networking time at breaks and during lunches. Event planners think that they need to jam the schedule full, but honestly, the time I spend networking with other property managers is just as good, if not way better than the time that I spent in classes. So for me, if you can figure out how to foster an environment of networking, maybe just longer breaks, then it will solve itself. But I could also see some group exercises where you force interaction between attendees as well as that being built into the program and schedule. Spot on. We completely agree. Alex, what are your thoughts on how we can actually make that happen next year? Get more interactive. Yeah, so we're definitely going to think through that. There's some ideas down the funnel a little bit. And again, we get another eight minutes in this podcast. We're not going to do waste too much of your time on this, guys. I have that observation that I want to introduce a little bit further down the line because I think you took away my next negative one, which was let's give a context to this. We brought in this amazing keynote, Victor Antonio, into a venue, a concert hall, essentially, or something like it's called House of Blues, right? There was boozing, there was loud, we had open bars. Of course, we treat all our guests with that kind of fun stuff, and it was networking. Music was a little loud, and then he had to come out on stage to do a presentation like one hour and a half into this. We thought it was a good idea. Not so much, right? People were boozed, and the problem is he couldn't let the screen down. So you, being a total pro, he completely changed his presentation. He went just straight up, face-to-face, belly-to-belly, Q&A with the crowd. It was just amazing. But we did not do a good job. We didn't set him up for success in that venue. Nope. No, we had our attendees enjoy themselves. So get off the work mode, enjoy themselves, then made them go back into work mode and then off work mode again. So that that's not going to happen again. Lesson learned. But that said, the actual venue itself, House of Blues, nice, nice venue, solid venue. The U.S. Grant, very nice hotel. It was a step up from last year. Everybody loves San Diego, right? I mean, if you don't love San Diego, God, God bless but some people didn't love being downtown, felt like it was a little gritty, preferred something on the beach. You know, there's, a, there's, a, there's some give and take there. It, the venue itself inside was pretty darn nice. The food was on point. Those were all some other points of some feedback. I'm going to hit you with a big one now. Lay it on, brother. That's echoed not, you know, not a lot, but it, it echoed by some people who attended and we want to listen. 
Too many sales pitches. Ooh. Oh, yeah. that yeah. hurts. So let me just explain for the context of those who attended or didn't attend. I had a one partner pitch, 15 minutes. Jordan had a lead simple product demo, 15 minutes. And then five minutes you did to sort of on the tail end of your benchmarking study, you talked about the profit coach, your new venture, right? Yeah. You just made it sound like it was 35 minutes. And I think the whole thing was no more than, than 25, but it, it doesn't really matter. The bottom line is that people felt like, they were being pitched and you know what? We completely understand. The reason that that hurts is not because like, oh, you don't want to hear about my new lead simple feature. You know, like, <laughs> you know, whatever. We're not, crying. we're not crying. We get it. You paid the money to attend the conference, not to be pitched. Exactly. Unless you want to. Exactly. The reason that it hurts is because we put so much effort into it. And then to realize that for some people it was tainted because of that. We're bummed on your behalf. So lesson learned there. We're not going to mix content and commerce again in that way. We're, we're going to keep it a lot, a lot cleaner next year. Well, so there's another thing to be said, right? We did not have a clear policy with our speakers not to pitch. So just about every speaker had a pitch somewhere within their presentation. Our fault, again, did not happen last year, happened this year. We didn't know. And we're not going to blame the speakers because without any guidance, that's what they do. You know, they have families to feed and businesses, they have business and stuff. And so I think in this context, moving forward in the future, we'll try to organize because I still want to do product launches. I love my baby. I love my four and a half. I love my one partner. Like that's not, it's not going anywhere. I'm not going to divorce it to come host the conference. That's not my, my goal. But I want to give the best product launch slash news to people who, who want to listen to it. So we'll selectively maybe do a breakout or have some uh, networking time for those who don't want to listen. We'll find a way not to expose all of you to this pitch and stuff. Exactly. We're a week out. We don't know exactly how it's going to work. But the point is, going forward, we're going to make sure that you get pitched because you raised your hand and you decided you want to hear it, not just because you bought a ticket and you didn't have a choice in it one way or the other. Oh, that was painful. Let's get a good one, man. Get a good one in quickly. <laughs> so we've been through the venue, the networking, the VIP, the focus and the speakers. The last thing that I would say that really was a, a consistent theme was the sense of energy, excitement, and optimism about the direction of the opportunity, the celebration of what it means to be an entrepreneur, really an entrepreneur first and an operator in industry XYZ second. That really came through that people appreciate that they feel validation. And then frankly, there's a lot of folks that have stopped showing up to events simply because they feel like that they're hearing the same operational stuff that was so helpful for the first, second, third, fourth, fifth year in business, but eventually you grow out of it and you're asking yourself, well, how do I, how do I grow? You know, I've gotten to a good baseline, but how do I double my business? It's puzzling. And if nobody else in the room has done that or knows how to do that, are you really going to keep showing up? So the celebration of the entrepreneur, that is my last and final shining positive point of feedback. All right. Well, let's finish on this then. I have another one I want to present that's both positive and negative. People were absolutely split on either loving or hating our 15-minute 30 by 30 sessions. True. Now, Jordan, you and I, we're innovated in that regard in this space. Last year, people raved about the 15-minute sessions, and we had some hate mail on that too. Right? Like, not enough time. This is terrible. I can't learn in 15 minutes. Next person says, oh, those are the best. Cut the fluff out. Just give me the gold. I love it. You know, keep going. So – how do we solve that? You know, between love and hate, 
So I think what we're going to do next year, we're going to have to do a block of those 15-minute talks, like three or four, right, in a row, boom, 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 boom. And then we're going to have the speakers lead the deep dives within their respective topics. So, boom, there you go. You don't like the 15 minutes? Well, all you have to do is sit through 15 minutes of it. And then if you choose that topic as is your relevant relevant topic, then you join that speaker or deep dive for maybe 45 minutes or even an hour deep dive. We'll see depending on the schedule. How do you like that, Jordan? Man, that is spot on. And you know the first name that comes to my mind? Brad Larson. So we boxed Brad in for a 30 by 30, 15 minute talk. He was a great sport about it, delivered a lot of value. But at the end of the day, if you were there, you probably would have been happy to sit and hear Brad talk for at least another half hour about what he was talking about, hear about more about his, his secret sauce. And we recognize that and we want to give people as much input as possible in selecting their own path. If you found Andy Prop's talk on working with builders and new construction impractical for your specific strategy, hey, no problem. If you thought that Rich Drake's talk addressing large events was more your jam, then go that route. And if, as per Brad's commentary, you're thinking about rebranding, then then do that. You know, We want to put you guys in the driver's seat as much as possible. And for that reason, I like, I like this idea, Alex. All right. So that's what we're going to coast with. All right, so I think this is this is good. We've done a pretty good breakdown of the event. There are some other comments. And, and look, those who attended the event, I want to again say thank you from the bottom of, of my heart, of Jordan's heart. We really appreciate you sharing the last three days with us. Uh, hopefully, you're going to have a lot of takeaways. Some of the things that are, you know, if you go back on your event app right now, if you're watching this on video, show on my phone, go to your event app and actually look at the slides. The slides are there. You can have to click on the session and then you can scroll down to documents, click the documents, and you can actually see the sessions. We already are putting the website together for the videos. All we're waiting for is the actual video from the videographer. So that should be available within 30 days of the event. We got it all for you guys. All you have to do now is go out and implement and help us improve next year. Team at pmgrowsummit.com for all your comments and speaker success story submissions. That's it. Guys, thanks again for coming. Thanks for your feedback. We hear every word of it. We're just going to get better. We love you guys, and we do it all for you. So thank you. Talk soon.